Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Hope Euphoria has wrapped up. We are talking about episodes seven and eight today because they were kind of like a two-part. Yeah, it was like a two-part finale. Mm -hmm. I would consider it, even though they didn't actually tell us that going into it. Right. I think at the end of episode seven, everyone was like, to be continued. I know. But we knew that like the next episode was going to be the last. So it kind of made sense that, you know, they were building up to that, leading to it, which I think was kind of what we felt all season is like, what is this building up to? Yeah. And I don't know. For me, it built up to kind of exactly what I was expecting for this show, like given mm -hmm what it's been giving us a whole lot of like almost like plot holes and never answered questions and just like what is going on yeah I know honestly by the time we get to 2024 oh and God. we're seeing season three first of all these actors are going to be not in, in their, high school in their like, mid to late 20s which uh, is except Alexa Demi's like they it's rumored she's like 32 what yeah well her age is not disclosed anywhere but like there's photos of her with like the kardashians in like 2008 and she's like fully a grown woman like she looks younger but like she's not like i don't know this t 12 years old yeah this is fascinating yeah it's a mm. whole thing on the internet but anyway yeah these people are going to be um not even super seniors mm. but also i feel like i'm gonna forget about a lot of the plot holes that we're left with at the end of this episode. Lori. Oh, yeah. What? The suitcase? The cat? Whatever's going on there? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I, speaking of cat, I feel mm -hmm. bad that her character arc has to be that, like, she doesn't feel that she can be, like, sexually liberated in a relationship. Right. I don't know. That, that whole thing makes me very upset. But I will say mm -hmm. Ethan did give a great impersonation of Lexi and Cassie's mom. Oh, that might That might have been one of my favorite parts of this entire two-episode arc. I, yeah, no, same. <laughs> I was like, that was actually very smart of them to do that because it was hilarious. Um, but I agree. Going into season two, I rewatched all of season one, which I kind of rarely do. I mean, we're the cinema chicks, so I don't feel bad saying this, but I don't give as much as my like watching time to tv as right. i do to movies like and it's funny because i've talked to my friends about that and like oh have you seen this movie have you seen this movie and they're like no i don't want to watch movies like i usually just watch a bunch of tv shows and i feel like i'm kind of on the opposite end like i do love tv like we've talked about like lotus and like all like yes. flight attendant mostly hbo shows yeah um which are basically, basically extended movies exactly exactly so it kind of was a lot for me to like rewatch a whole season because yeah. to me that's like, oh my God, I could be watching like eight movies, but I did. And I mean, I'm sure there's like a recap on YouTube that I could have watched, but for season three, I'm like, oh my God, I rewatched season one right before watching season two. And there were still things that like I was seeing and I'd talk to my friends about it, and they'd be like, oh, remember in season one? And I'm like, no. no. 
Yeah. No, because there's so many things going on. And again, like I've said every episode, I saw a TikTok, but I saw a TikTok <laughs> and this girl was ranting about this past season. And she was just saying like, she was disappointed that they dropped the whole following a character and how they grew up and how they got to yeah. where they are. And I really think like, yeah, sure. We already got Maddie and we got Cassie. We got Rue and we got Nate and like all those characters and jewels. But the way that they were introducing more characters, they easily could have done that. And mm-hmm. the, like, also the way that they did it in episode one of season two by like doing Fez's grandmother, who yeah. we really don't know all that well, no. but that revealed other things about Fez and Ashtray that we exactly. didn't know. So they could have done that with like Lexi's mom, brought in other characters and or not even brought them in, but do something about Lori and how like she right. got into this and bring it into like what's happening with Rue. Like it doesn't have to take us completely off track, which I feel like a lot of this season did, unfortunately. It, it did go very askew, awry. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially because like we, in the middle of the season, you know, we devoted so much time to Cal mm-hmm. for him to just disappear Except for that weird little, like, um, fantasy sequence of Nate's, which was very uncomfortable and scary. Very, yeah. If you if you know, you know. I'm not going <laughs> to... I can't bring myself to describe that. But, you know, it, was, it just felt very distracted mm-hmm. as a whole. Like, an entire eight-episode arc. I just, like, want to go in the writer's room and be like, listen, can we pinpoint all the plot lines on this board and see that they like don't connect right they're not connecting and if you want them to connect because you easily could and you easily could tell us what's going on then make the season longer or don't spend time on Dominic Fike singing a three-minute song that's my take I mean I enjoyed the song but I think like literally everyone on the internet has been going off about like um that was three minutes that we could have spent somewhere else yeah It's just, it's hard because I am a firm believer of like, you don't have to tell the audience everything. Oh, absolutely Don't just assume that they're, that they're dumb and that they don't, they can't like put the plot holes together and stuff. But then there's only so much forgiveness that you can give where like, okay, now it's just bad writing. Like a high schooler writing a show. And then it just reminds me of like, in high school, I would write plays in my playwriting class and like, we'd read them as a class. My teacher would be like, oh, um, where did... What what happened there? And I'd be like, oh, like, I thought that was intentional. But it's just confusing to the audience. Yeah. Like, that's not helping anybody. And I think everyone's kind of feeling the same way. I think maybe the intention was that it, like, builds more excitement or, like, ooh, what's going to happen here? I'm going to tune in next week and, like, see what happens. But then when that happens every week and just, like, things exhausting. are not answered, it's just, like, now I'm lost because I don't know who I'm supposed to be following. I don't know what characters mm-hmm. I'm supposed to care about. And, like, the way that it was just built up was, like, to nothing. Like, in the first episode, it ended pretty much with Jules and Rue and them kind of being together. And then, you know, in the first couple episodes, we're seeing that build and then fizzle and I love you and then cheating and all that. And then the end of this episode is, like, 
Rue just kisses Jules on the forehead. And it's like, okay, great. But like, where did Jules's character go? Where did everything that we built up in season one go? And I just felt that with like every character. Yeah. I think that Sam Levinson was just like writing with his pen and was mad and was like, ah, no more Jules, no more Cat, bring in Cal. And I don't know if that's what the audience wanted, even though no. it was exciting to watch. Yeah, I guess. I think the hard part too is like, Yes, it's an ensemble show. Mm -hmm. We love the cast of characters. We want to see everyone and get more stories out of everyone. That's how it was established in the first season. You know, like as we Mm -hmm. were saying earlier, everyone got their little introduction at the start of each episode. But this season didn't have the clear focus of, you know, whose story arc we're actually following. There weren't enough moments i think to say that this is still rue's story right no there was so much cassie and maddie content but Mm -hmm. not alexi and fez well my hard thing is like i also don't really believe that like rue's really good friends with these people no like i know that she's been in rehab and she's not in school as much and like whatever and like she's very different from them but like it's to the point where it's like why are we following these people because how how do they actually all associate with each other because i feel like there's no way that would happen in exactly and it's funny because they keep showing like well in middle school when her dad died you know like they were all at the funeral and they were all best friends and it's like okay yeah but a lot happens in those years right exactly and it's just like i i mean i personally in middle school like my friends ended up going to a different school so then once i went to high school i then kind of like reunited with them and then i switched high schools then i wasn't really friends with them anymore and that's not a valid point to like follow their stories when it doesn't feel like they're even part of Rue's life. Like that's the issue is like we see her actually talking to those characters like a few times. So it's like at some points it feels like we're just watching like the most interesting characters in the school. Like it doesn't feel, it just feels so disjointed from Rue. And I think in season one, they did a better job with that because Rue was interested in Jules and then Jules was talking to Nate and then had the whole thing with Cal. So that's how it felt connected. And then it was like, well, Rue was friends with Lexi and Lexi's sister is Cassie and Cassie's best friend is Maddie and part of their friend group is Kat. But then like this season, it just felt so disjointed. And then I think they tried to bring it back together in the end of the season in the final episode when they're watching the play and then Lexi's talking to Rue and then kind of rekindle their friendship. But like, you just kind of can't tell me that Rue and Lexi are best friends when we never see them together. And it feels like they're just like, it's just like nostalgic. And like, I have best friends from back home that it's like, I talk to sometimes and like most of our friendship is just like nostalgia and like you know talking about our good times in high school but like if if a tv show was about my life like they're not going to be one of the main characters alongside with me just because like that's just I don't know that's such a side point but it just kind of felt so disjointed and then I guess that now Lexi's now tied back in because she's like with Rue's drug dealer but who knows now because at the end of the episode a lot of things went down with Fez and Astra. I was not expecting, I, I've said this, I think, almost every recap we've done. I wasn't expecting to see so much blood. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> like violence on screen. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was still just like, yeah, oh my gosh, there's a knife in a throat and yeah. police and murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little crazy. I mean, not even a little crazy. I think a lot of people were shocked, but I saw like this... Um, 
don't know, it was like an interview with the kid that plays Ashtray. And I think what he was saying is like, it wasn't planned for him to die. I think it was supposed right. to be Fez. It was, I did see this. It was supposed to be Fez up until the day before they shot it. And then Sam switched it to Ashtray. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what 3 a.m. magic hour lightning bolt idea Literally. he had for Fez <laughs> that he needed to keep him alive. Yeah. Well, I think because people are, are really enjoying Fez that, like, they don't want to kill him off. But it was yeah. so funny because I saw this thing and people were saying, like, if Fez, if, if they do something to Fez or Ashtray, like, I'm going to cancel my HBO subscription. And somebody said back, they're like, uh, we know you don't have an HBO subscription. You're watching yeah, this. You're, you're, you're watching this illegally or you're, you're pirating somebody <laughs> else's account. Like, you don't even have an HBO subscription. And that's, like, another funny thing is I hate to, I hate to sound like I'm on this higher level of, film or something I guess I don't mean it that way but like I think it was very clear this season to me that it was really just like being crafted for a larger audience than like like people that enjoyed season one or like people that really enjoy HBO's content I guess Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of it was just done for shock factor but everybody in like the general public was obsessed with it because it was stunning visually right so they're like oh my god this is the best show I've ever seen and it's like "Mm." visually yeah I'm obsessed with it like it's stunning and they are very creative with the cinematography and the lighting is stunning and now it's shot on film and all this stuff and it's a24 obviously obsessed but yeah I don't know it just felt like this season was kind of a grab at like people who just enjoy like dramatic not well put together tv shows like maybe that's shitty to say but like I think everybody who kind of has more of an understanding and like dissecting tv and film it kind of was like no this this is cheap this is cheap you can you can hide a lot behind Mm. hyper stylization Mm -hmm. which I think that the visual style of euphoria is the mask yeah for the not so stellar sometimes unbelievable dialogue and plot points Mm -hmm. which is neither here nor there i just think for the amount of notoriety and hype and the fact that people are making this show the benchmark or the standard for what quote-unquote good television is i think there's a lot of room for improvement i think this is a great doorway to open up to new creatives who want to make hyper stylized but also well-written content Mm -hmm. because clearly there is a market for it if you mean if you would have asked me like two three years ago before euphoria came out if a show like that that is so fixated on the visual design and the somewhat melodramatic plot line mm-hmm. would be so successful, I would say, no, people don't want to watch that. They're not going to spend the time or get invested because these are also the same people who like watching Love Island. You right, know? right, exactly, exactly. But clearly those two things can live in harmony, which I think is great hope for future generations of artists mm-hmm. because the show is much more like photography yeah. than television Mm -hmm. i think it's so heavily composition focused but you can't hide scary plot lines behind pretty composition and it's hard for me to say because i can usually Mm -hmm. let a lot of things slide but i think this season overall was a letdown for me i would agree 
I think that it just, at the end of the day, had shock factor. And I think that's what kind of was pulling us through this season. Was Purposeless like, shock factor, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, oh my God, like what's going to happen next? But then you'd kind of sit back and be like, but why? why right? Did that, why did they do that? Like for what? And why? why is this happening? And I think for that reason, it kind of felt cheap. And I mean, I'm just thinking... And I would love for season three to kick off Sam Levinson from writing. He could still, like, be a producer or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know he created the show. You mean, like, so let's fire but, him. But, like, no, let's get it. Let's put him in a writer's room. Right. Well, I would love to With have some youthful people. The writers of, like, White Lotus to come on this. Like, mm. I just imagine Sydney Sweeney, who's been part of both of these shows. I wonder, like, her reading the script for White Lotus being like, oh, oh. This is what believable this dialogue is, this sounds like. This is believable like. dialogue. And. And also, like, this is how you make an ensemble show. Like, yeah. thinking back to White Lotus, like, I never felt like, oh, wow, we're really seeing a lot of that character. And we haven't seen a lot of this character. It was Even, like, Desperate balanced. Housewives, which, not to be confused with the real Housewives, because everyone I talk to always thinks I'm talking about that. No, Desperate. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so many people have been like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with Desperate Housewives. And they're like, oh, such trash TV. Like, you know, they're always <laughs> drama. And I'm like, are we talking about the same one? And they're like, yeah, like, the reality show? I'm like, no. No, but Desperate Housewives, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. And that show was very ensemble based, but like, I think they did a good job highlighting characters when they needed to. They also had a lot of characters at a, you know, a lot of points. They had the wives, the husbands, the neighbors, the kids, yeah. like all these different characters. But I think that ensemble shows can work. I personally, I think I enjoy ensemble shows more than, you know, a show that just has like one strong lead and many you know side characters i mean look at succession like there are are successful ensemble shows and i feel like this season we just got too many characters and i got lost and to keep us interested in each character it was like boom bomb dropped on them and oh my god like this happened and gun yeah yeah violence literally overdose like craziness cheating like it was crazy running through traffic oh my god literally crazy and I think we just lost a lot of moments that could have been really strong. Yeah. And it was a lot of wasted time. A lot of wasted time. And I feel like we could have really got to see more of the characters and like connected more with them. Like I would have loved to see more of Rue's mom. Like the moments that we saw her, she was great. Yes. We saw that like maybe she's going to be interested in um, Rue's sponsor. But like where did that go? Where did the whole thing with Rue's sister really go? Like moral of the story, I'm a little lost. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of it lost, and I think season three is gonna have to whip it into shape. And it's gonna, it might right. be too late, like, it might be too late. Also, like, I know that it takes them a long time to make this, so I'm not saying like speed it up, but it's like their target audience is gonna get older, yeah. And like, I feel like our age group, like, young to mid 20s, really enjoys this show, but like, I know I've talked to like my cousins and like my friends that are in there, like older 20s and like I don't know if it hits them the same way and like my parents love HBO Max and like love watching new shows and I was talking to my sister I was like oh do you think like we should recommend this to mom and dad and my sister was like no, no. like this is not the show for them and I'm like okay yeah you're right but it's just like okay their audience is gonna get older like I, I think that this show is gonna have to clean up or it's gonna run itself into the grave yes well i'm and that's why i'm hoping season three is the last season (laughs) just so there's not the potential to further dig itself into a grave i think a three season you know 
full circle loop is going to be exactly what everyone needs, especially because all of these characters are talking about going off to college mm-hmm. now. I don't want to see Euphoria College Edition. No. I want to leave these people in their time capsule where they are and that's all and like it is very rewatchable at least it is yes. to me like i rewatched season one and i was like i really enjoyed this and like because it is visually stunning like i do enjoy rewatching it when i did so you know we we, we can leave it where it is if you want to keep you know seeing cassie and maddie and whatever you rewatch it yeah exactly but no more make season three the end that's my petition and on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in with us to our little bonus series about season two of Euphoria. If you enjoyed, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Anything shot on film. That one moment where Maddie slammed Cassie's head into that brick wall. Ouch, I can still hear it. <laughs> and Ashtray, RIP. Thanks for listening! I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.